Hey, it's Ash. Welcome to Flicks and Scoops, where I'm combining my passion for film and love of ice cream. Each episode, I ask my guests to pick a film, I then make an ice cream inspired by the film, and then we sit around and chat about the film while we eat the ice cream. And if I didn't just say the words enough, then film and ice cream just for good measure. This time, I'm joined again by dear old pal Stuart Yarlett, Doctor of Theology and Religious Studies and Pedantry. It's nice talking to you mates about stuff you enjoy, isn't it? In this episode, we've got the Spaghetti Classico, the good, the bad and the ugly. I hate stating the obvious, but here's a spoiler warning. If you haven't seen the film and would rather watch it before giving us a listen, then it's advisable. And even if you have seen it before, watch it again, because Stone Cold said so. Otherwise, thanks for joining us for Flicks and Scoops, episode 2. Now it's time for Ice Cream. Alright, episode number two, Good, the Bad and the Ugly, here again with Stuart, Stuart Yarlett, PhD, in waiting. Yeah, got the examination coming up. Give an introduction to yourself. I mean, I don't like, I don't like to say like, I've sat around for four years writing something that very few people will ever read, probably about five and you're about to record something that very few people will ever hear. Staying true to form. Exactly. Uh, okay, so this this time it's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Wow! Yep. I mean, have you done the... <laughs> surely Do one. you're going to play in on the theme. What, I, I will, I will. It? But I like doing well, the... Well, 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 well. A bit weak, in well. all honesty. It's supposed to be a coyote, that noise. Oh, is that what they're getting for there? Yeah, I've never heard one, but... Coyotes make that noise. Yeah. Yeah. At the start of the film, it begins with a wow. Yeah. Well, I knew that. But... No, no, not not just musically, but from oh, a, right, from okay. a coyote as well. After the credits. After yeah, after coyote the credits. Appears. Yeah. I don't yes. know. If, I don't know if it appears, but there's definitely the noise of one because the yeah. first shot is the um, the first shot's great. It's that massive open vista. Yeah. Really wide shot. You're like, oh, all right, American West, and then. The uh, funny-looking guy, yeah, just swings his head into shot. Yeah, the, the three or four that are after uh, all the Tuco. Yeah, yeah. Probably. Who? Well, Leone picked all these extras by hand. Let's say he wanted to make sure they all looked yeah really really different. Looking a bit funky. Yeah. <laughs> so to go to the ice cream, we've got yeah. a gelato. For the spaghetti western I, moment. Yeah, yeah. Spaghetti western. I'd have gone stretchy teller. But... Yeah, I'm sure you'll tell us all about that in depth later. But the uh, spaghetti western, named of course after the fact that Sergio Leone insisted that the cast and crew subsist on nothing but spaghetti for the duration of the shoot. Well, I thought it was just because he was Italian. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was just pissing about. All <laughs> right. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, when you want to make do like a Mickey T, just just I mean, we're recording this. So they won't see it. So you just give me a hand signal. All right. Uh, no one there. So, <laughs> oh, I've kicked. The... So it's a, a gelato, chocolate gelato with chili and lime. Chocolate being good. Yeah. And before Stuart chimes in, I did think about doing a white chocolate, but I don't really like white chocolate. So it's eighty-five percent Colombian chocolate. Lime is not Mexican. Lime is tuco. 
the the Mexican bandito, bandito, and the Chile is the bad. Okay, but a few notes. Go on. Because <laughs> like, I mean, chocolate is good. Chili is bad. What I'd have done is it had strategy like a lime based strategy teller. The chocolate running through the shards and the strategy, the little threads, would have been the bad because chocolate's dark, and that's usually associated with. And even Angel Eyes does dress all in black throughout the movie. So like limey, paler ice cream would have been the good, which would have fitted with good and him being called Blondie. And then the chili, which is more Mexican, would have been the ugly. Um, my thoughts. Yeah, as much as it makes sense on paper. Yeah. Taste wise, and me so, being so, the one who's making it, so I, had to, I had to veto. I'm afraid. You really like chocolate. <laughs> yeah. So <you> <laughs> I just chocolate. wanted to make a chocolate ice cream, essentially. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, okay. So as is uh, as always, and by always I mean once so far, uh, we'll take the first. First spoon together. Yep. Flip it. Flip it. Suck it. Tongue it. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's uh, probably best ice cream you've ever made <laughs> best ice cream I've given you but um, the, the chocolate good chilli that you get after I think is works pretty well yeah the chilli comes in like as an aftertone lime possibly gets much, a little bit lost um, I think the lime comes in second the chocolate's very intense mm. uh, but so the, it's kind of like an inverted chocolate lime but then um, with chilli and then there's an extra chocolate lime yeah, you know, the boiled sweets. No. What is that? You've never had a chocolate lime before? No, no. I don't think so. So they're boiled sweets. They're, they're lime flavoured. Mm. And then you've got a little bit of dark chocolate in the middle. In the so middle, you, not on the outside? No, in the middle. So you suck through the hard boiled liminess. And you might bite down on it. Do like I don't know how you tackle your, your hard boiled sweets. Not much of a sweet but, guy. I just can't imagine. No, well, no, no. Sweet tasting, yeah, but choice between sweets or chocolate. Right. Okay. Always chocolate. Well, the chocolate limes—they look like green sweets on the outside, but there's actually a little kernel of chocolate. Well, that's probably what was throwing me. If yeah. I if I was at a pick and mix stand, there's boiled sweets or bits of chocolate. <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, you don't get so much chocolate at pick and mix stands. Well, yeah. So you bite down or you suck through. Eventually, you get some chocolate and you get a little. Chocolate explosion after all that lime. I think lime and chocolate work quite well together, actually. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think the lime's okay, but I think maybe I could use a bit more. Yeah, but essentially, well, you you got the chocolate. And, I mean, maybe you went too heavy on the chocolate. I know <laughs> that so on the chocolate ice cream that I made before, world. I did put extra chocolate in this one. Yeah. But I think I was, I think I was trying to uh, counteract the, the chilli. Right. Chilli's not too bad. It's not too bad. It's, it's all right. It's all right. It's nice. It's right at the end. Yeah, I uh, I like it. Good. Um, well done, Ash. <laughs> thanks. Struck my ego some more. I was um, say it in a slightly sarcastic. 
Not that it is sarcastic, but it's just to throw you. So how was it watching the Good Bad Ugly again? When was the last time you saw it? I can't remember. Um, a while ago. I just watched it all the way through. It felt a lot shorter. Because I think I, I had breaks the first time I watched it. I was watching it at home. Mm. And I think I went down, made myself some food, came back up. Like when I was watching it at yours this time, you didn't provide me with any food. You have now, though, so that's been rectified. I made it up for myself. Yeah, yeah it's fine. Um, but yeah, it went, it went quite fast. This time I enjoyed it all the way through. I mean, I knew the beats and what to expect, but nevertheless, it was it was good. I mean, the main reason why I suggested Goodbye and the Ugly we, is because... We, sh- we, should, we should do a segment as to why you chose the film. Because right. the, the premise being, uh, you, you give me a film, I'll make an ice cream based on the film, and then... We di- we discuss the film. I know you know, but <laughs> people listening probably don't know why we well, why we chose this film. Episode one, really. <laughs> yeah, there's a great many things that we should have done in episode one, to be honest. But explanation as to why you chose it, and I will say I was gonna try and avoid this topic completely, but I think me trying to skirt around it would have diminished the listening experience. So, Stuart, here's your chance. Explain why you chose. So I chose it because me and Ash were talking, as friends do, and we discovered that we had like the same set of toys we like to play with as young whippersnappers, little kids, very little kids, and these were um, the little cowboy models, cowboy and Indian models, made by a company called Britain Detail company which is now shut down no longer exists anymore and like an explanation to that why is it shut I don't know yeah. it's just old eventually like people stop playing with little like, they're competing with the internet little cowboys this, this is the thing This is it's nostalgia for like people who grew up when we did and like play with those toys I remember as a kid I used to have like come up with vast stories all about the different because they were really they called Britain's detailed so they were detailed ones. They can make your imagination. I do remember them being detailed. Set off. The the other specific that yeah. I remember about them was the the banditos. You could take the sombreros off. Yeah, I didn't get it. the the banditos. This is the thing. And they always had like there were so many of them. I didn't get banditos. Well, I didn't even. They weren't even mine. They were actually my uncle's. Oh, <laughs> I didn't find this out. <laughs> well, the actually the first time I watched the Good and Bad Ugly was. Um, it was with my granddad. He was into oh, those kind of stuff. So we watched the we watched the Dollars trilogy, and he obviously when my uncle was younger, uh, had bought my uncle these particular toys to play with, and they just yeah. saved them. And then I used to dick about with them when I went to went up to theirs. Yeah, I got them bought for Christmas. Like so, I think the ones with the little hats that came off were like really early. On that makes sense. The day with your uncle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had like one Mexican. With a sombrero, but it didn't come off. It just rode around. Well, the only reason I remember it coming off is um, because one, the sombreros I felt were a little oversized for the. Well, for yeah, the, that's the, probably why they discontinued them. Uh, yeah. But when you took the sombreros off, you know, like a, a Lego head has one, uh, like joining part yeah. on the top of the head. They had two small peg-like things. So when you took the hat off, it looked like half the head had been blown off. So what yeah. I used to do is 
take the hats off the bandito <laughs> and yeah. stage ambushes and make it all like they've had the... I mean, that's good. That's good. I think I got some red pens once and drew on blood, but I didn't have any that could build that. But I used to come up with like backstories for every character I put down on the thing. Yeah. And then I'd build, I would spend like a day or two like building up the scene of all these characters. Did you ever mix toys? No. Yeah, I was um, very anti-mixing yeah, toys. No. You, my brother would come in and try and play with me, and he'd always come in with, like, Batman and go, ooh, Batman's here. And I was like, why, no, the, no, why no. the hell is Batman <laughs> in the Old West, Andy? And, like, he'd go, oh, it's time-traveling Batman. And then he'd be like, why is he not to scale? Not even the same scale. He's a giant time-traveling Batman. Red flags all over the place yeah, there for me. Yeah, this is why my, my brother didn't get along. And then, he'd respond by just, like waiting in the corner until I'd finished setting up and then trash everything. Yeah. Which, like, I guess he felt excluded. So fair play to him. But Interesting question, actually, because you're a, you, you've got two siblings. Yeah. Good, the bad, and the ugly. Who would it be? I mean, you're asking me to call either myself <laughs> or one of my siblings. I, I will ugly. answer the same question after. You don't have any siblings. I don't have any siblings, but I, I would tell you who, which character I would be. Which character you would be? Yeah, I mean, this is true because like, I don't actually consider myself ugly, but I do think ugly is well, Tuco is one of the best characters. I don't, I, I don't think Tuco's. I mean, conventionally not, ugly. I mean, the Italian is like it's uh, what was it? It's il bieno bruti and il cuck. What's bad? Buono, Buono Bruto, Cattivo. So good, ugly, bad. Yeah, which means it's in the spectrum, which it doesn't sound good. Yeah. If you say it that way. But Bruto is like more, it's not just ugly, it's also like brutal. And Bru- like yeah. Grit. So, yeah, I guess I've got the most grit out of uh, <laughs> my, my family. And uh, Andy's probably, Andy's definitely bad. Well, especially uh, okay. when we were younger. I mean, he was trashing my little... Cowboy well, from what you just said about the the Batman bullshit, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, 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 Fran, I guess, by process of elimination is, but also good. quite fitting. Yeah, I mean, she is. She, well, she's the oldest child, so the oldest child kind of gets to be the the golden child in some ways. If you go in by stereotypes, which I don't think perfectly fit, but yeah, I would also be Tuco. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, for obvious reasons. Most screen time. Yeah, well, not just that, but um, there's two, the, <laughs> three mentions of two types of people, and there's two types of spurs. One's who come yeah. in through the door, and those that come in by the window. And, you're and a, I'd be a window guy. You're a window guy. I'm a window guy. I mean, I do. <laughs> um. uh, so the other, the other mentions of the two kinds of people, there's uh, those with guns yeah, and, and those, those that with, dig. Those with guns that are loaded. Those with loaded guns. Yeah. Is it? No, I think it's just... Because uh, Tuco's still got his gun Those with guns point. and that's, those that dig. Yeah, so that's at the end after the shootout, right? And then um, those with a rope around the neck and those that do the job of cutting. Yeah. So you Do you think, think that was the first mention of... Because two types of people in this world is quite a... Yeah. If yeah. anything, overused. Yeah, I don't think it's two types of people and it's the first time that phrase has ever been used. Probably not. No. I'd be very surprised. I don't know, though. So you're saying you're a person who likes having things around their neck, <laughs> like, say, leashes and collars 
And he's from Berlin, by the way. So that um, I'm not from Berlin, but like digging. And you like coming. I do. Through, I do quite like digging, actually. Through, well, it says window, but it's also kind of the back door. So you're a back door. You're a back door man. It's a quote. It's like a quote digging doors. In. Yeah, I guess so. If you want to liken me to Jim Morrison. Uh, <laughs> and you like being collared. I've never, I've never tried it, but knowing myself as well as I do, I don't think I'd be into it. Wow. There's a first time for everything, I guess. Don't knock it until you tried it. I mean, you... Trying diligently to keep on track with the film. What's your... You've glossed past my, my toys very quickly. I... I... There's quite a few more stories. Yeah, but... Uh, like, it's just a world of imagination. And basically, so I requested this uh, movie because I suggested that reliving that nostalgia and talking about all the inventions and all the things could be a good podcast. And I shut that down and then came up with this I'd, ice cream uh, movie <laughs> idea. Well, I didn't disagree that it would be a bad idea for a podcast. I think, I think for the... If you've got the expertise and the knowledge and the interest in it, then I mean, yeah. But I don't have any. I, mean, I like films past. and ice cream. And, uh, anyway, you're so in charge of editing. Vetoed. Yeah. Vetoed. And you're in charge of editing, so like, you're just going to cut it out anyway. So. That, that we'll I could, I could we'll, do. We'll move I, on. I, I wouldn't, we'll I wouldn't shit on you that bad. But No, we'll move on. All right. You, you, you tell me. Next question. Next question. What, what's your favourite part of the movie? Can I just scratch that? Film. I didn't say movie. It's fine. You're hung around with some Americans. You're hung around with some French people. It's fine. You're either or. Um, I've ooh. I don't know because it's like it's kind of maybe favorite. Maybe favorite scene. scene would be yeah. I tell you what scene is probably most affecting and stands out for like that. But this is everyone talks about this when Tuco is being beaten up by Angel Eyes and the big guy and they're having to play the um song yeah in the background and they're uh, and they're all like really sad because they know what's going on but then again they're confederate soldiers so I often think these guys are fighting for slavery in a way so that kind of takes me out of it oh that was the thing strange thing with my so you had Mexicans with little hats for these toys <laughs> this is like this is the last time I get out but uh the one my parents used to buy them, and like I had um, a lot of, I had Custer's cavalry, who I thought were Union soldiers, but I've since found out was Custer's like brigade. I had some Indians, some cavalry, but I had a lot of like Civil War ones. But the Civil War ones were almost exclusively Confederate soldiers, and not many Union ones. I didn't really have. So my, I found th- looking back on it quite strange I don't think they did it consciously but my parents were buying me loads of like confederate southern states American soldiers to play with as a little kid a little dodgy the the cinematography does a great job of making the film feel way more intimate despite the scope of it like the amount of close up facial shots seems to be endless yeah. Which it does really draw you into the action. and That's how it starts. That's kind of how they shoot out the big crescendo. Exactly. But what, one thing I found strange is when they're <laughs> flicking between the three eyes, like uh, for the last like um, showdown, you've got Blondie, who's Clint Eastwood. He's got his classic squint on. Which Do you know why he squinted in all those films? Do you know how that squint developed? This is a little 
Um, Clint Eastwood in real life is allergic to horse hair. Really? Yeah. So when he was around horses and stuff, he just he had to squint because it was. But were they constantly around horses though, or what? Well, yeah, he was an, around an, in the first film. Ah, okay, okay, and then it just kind of yeah, carried was, on. Yeah, got was, you. yeah. So in uh, Fistful of Dollars, he was around enough horses that it made him like squint up a bit because it it was causing him like trouble with his eyes and stuff. Just to jump on another um, Clint Eastwood fact, he he doesn't actually smoke. He doesn't like no. cigars. Well, they don't look like real. I, th- I think the cigars are real, but he just <laughs> hated it. <laughs> He's just having a shit time. Just inhale. No, don't inhale. Um, yeah, but so he's got a squint on. Angel Eyes is doing a comparable small eyes squint. And then Tuco seems to be making, like, who's the actor who plays Tuco? Uh, Eli Wallach. Eli Wallach, he's making his eyes as wide as possible. And he's just like, like moving. <laughs> it just uh, seemed to, like he looked like frightened and scared. And it's like, which I guess might have been what he was going Well, for, it's just a really well set up scene. The camera makes it easy to distinguish where each of them are in relation to each other, but keeps that compact, claustrophobic feeling. And then the editing is dead frantic, so it keeps up that manic energy. Uh, there's even like giveaways as to what's going to happen. Like Blondie hardly ever looks at Tuco, because he knows that there's no bullets in his gun, so it sets up how it's going to end anyway, which was... Something I'd never picked up on before until I watched it this time. It's classic game theory, isn't it? Because, uh, I mean, we didn't talk about this in the, in the last episode, but a lot of that working out mutually assured destruction works in a form of like game theory. But the classic example of like uh, Nash's game theory is if you're in a gunfight with like three other people and you're the, the worst gunfighter there, what do you do? And it's like that sometimes the most sensible thing to do is is not to shoot either of them because um, they're more likely it gives you a better chance of survival because they're yeah. more likely to shoot each other and then you might be able to get one afterwards. So it's a bit like, well, apart from Blondie, he knew he definitely didn't have bullets in his gun. But even but if Tuco he, came, even Tuco, if he did, Tuco comes good anyway. He tries to hammer the... Hammer yeah. the shit out of Angel I mean, Eyes. Yeah, yeah. Went for Angel Eyes. And then, but he's still... Like, what did, so the last... Another bit I found like quite is at the end when he's got his neck in the noose and he's like, uh, like saying blondie and tearing up. Like, that... Yeah, that gets me a little bit. I feel a bit sorry for him. Bit yeah, of a dick even, move from blondie, but... I mean, Tuco did try and hang him and then march him well, it, Yeah, it wasn't just and the Tuco hanging, it was the dragging through the desert... No water, yeah, yeah, yeah. washing and, uh, his feet. I mean, Tuco wasn't a nice guy throughout the movie, but uh, I just don't understand where he gets all that water from. I mean, the horse just is really good at carrying. I guess, you could, yeah, I guess you could pack it on a horse. It's a mega horse that he's got going on. Um, but certainly, like, I wouldn't ever take the risk going through a desert of like having enough water to taunt someone. If I had a load of water, I'd want to keep that water until I was through the desert. But. Yeah. Because what if your horse drops dead from overpacking? Yeah, yeah. and you're having to probably give the horse some water as well. Yeah. So, logistics. And he only seems to wash one foot as well. Yeah, it was just a taunt bondy, wasn't it? But if you're going to go to the effort of taking your boot off and washing, surely you'd want to wash both your feet. Otherwise, you're just walking with one... But I don't know, like, how, how... To what extent 
do you think films have to... Where, where does they draw the balance between being more cinematic and more entertaining and actually having practical logistics to what the characters do? I do, do enjoy elements of realism, personally. Yeah. That, if, the, if the film's really realistic, I appreciate that quite a lot. Yeah. And I know we were, we were speaking while watching the film. I was getting a little bit annoyed because the the bit in the blown out town at the end when Angel has sat around with his gang, if Blondie Blondie kills the one gang member that goes with him, yeah. they could have just either used that dead gang member as bait and just picked him off one by one, or they could have just both snuck up on the little room they were in and just blown the shit out of everybody. I understand why they didn't, because obviously it's more cinematic to have them both walking down yeah, the street. Marching down the street, yeah. But come on, you've been through all that. Surely you just want to. Yeah, and uh, to be fair, if the, if the movie was made nowadays, they probably would go for the brutal, close. It doesn't even have to be brutal, but I mean, but Tuco's really opportunistic. Yeah, it's I mean, a, it's a... that guy in the bath and through the bubbles. Exactly. Just before that. Just before that, but he wasn't the one that set it up. It was, it was, um, it was Blondie who set it up. Do you think he likes the thrill of the chase? I have hope. Yeah, I mean, he does seem to like enjoy giving other people a chance and knowing he's the best. I mean, he does that like throughout the films. Yeah, now with the No Name trilogy, and seems to take risks. So it seems it makes more sense with Blondie yeah. that he'd maybe do that. Um, he does seem to toy with them a little bit more. Apart from obviously Tuco toys with Blondie quite a bit, but that's more torturing once he's pretty sure he's he's got him. I mean, toys with Tuco at the end, isn't he? Yeah, shooting the rope and stuff. Classic censoring out of a swear word, otherwise seen in Jaws, for example. Uh, at the end, when he's gonna blow it up and he's like, "Smile, you son of a." Oh, right. They ended it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and this is at the end when uh, Blondie's riding away and Tuco shouts him, goes, Blondie, you son of a... Wow. I mean, yeah. I mean was swearing quite big in those days? Um, well, Tuco says bastard quite a lot. Two actual bastards. I don't quite remember the level of bastard that each person was, but there were a couple of outright bastards. Yeah, it seems weird that they... Let out, son of a bitch. Especially in a film where like so many people just get shot. Yeah, well, I think it was an eighteen, right, when it came yeah. out. Maybe when it came, I think it's fifteen now because standards of yeah, we drop drastically. <laughs> gore for, to get that top rating. It's, it's not, I and mean, it's not that violent, is it really? Yeah, it's yeah. And there's no like um, sex and such. No, for just yeah, just them handing down the treasure. But you know the pity is when I'm paid. I always follow my job through. You know that. I quite like the way Angel Eyes is there quite a bit at the start, and you show him like finding out about the treasure and going off it, and then you didn't don't see him for a while, and he's got himself to be at the sergeant in the yeah. Union Army. Is he always? How do you think he would have done that? I don't know. You're supposed to think he's he's a very resourceful man. I mean, maybe he always Sly. was. Yeah. It could have been the one time that he bent his work ethos a bit about once he gets paid, he always follows a job through. It seems a bit counterproductive for business. Yeah. You're going to want to keep people paying you to keep him alive. Yeah. Which kills him anyway. Yeah. Basically, any so 
I mean, he tells them that. Well, to be fair, oh, yeah, only before he kills them. So, so to be fair, like if if you know that about Angel Eyes and he comes to kill you, you'd always give him a bunch of money to go kill the person who's paid him to kill you. Yeah, absolutely. So they both die, but he the the person in the beginning he doesn't tell him. Oh, I always follow through and give him a chance to like pay him some money. The guy gets out his money and pays him to do it already and then he says i'm sorry but i only yeah never, i i always follow through on being paid but what i'm saying is if everyone knows that's angel eyes mo then there's no point in hiring him because if everyone knows it you're gonna get killed as well as soon as you hire him but if only if it's just something he keeps in his head until he, he actually yeah how how depends how how infamous do you think he was in the West? Or famous? Um, Tuco and Blondie both knew him. But they're outlaws as well. I mean, he seemed... Obviously, uh, the Union Army didn't know him. Yeah, so... But you don't really... You just have to speculate. You don't really get that much uh, info. Well, Tuco's obviously really famous. Is it? Oh, yeah, because he's... Uh, yeah. Well, he's worth... Somebody put a lot of effort into those wanted posters. I mean, yeah, they, well, they do look very good <laughs> for the time, compared to like most sketches you see. But I'm comparing that in from other movies. So I don't know how good printing technology was back then, but it seemed like it would be expensive to print out. Especially, like, it's $3,000. I suppose 3000 is a lot. It is a lot. in those days. But you're risking your life. Yeah. If he's known to the authorities as a but, killer. What, so he said, I don't think you're going to get worth more than $3,000. But 3000 and I don't know what the what inflation's done since then, but I imagine 3000 sounds like a lot. Yeah it's, all, yeah, it's a lot of cash. And especially if, you, if you're doing it on your own, high risk, high reward. Yeah. Interestingly enough, even though Angel Eyes is the bad guy, on screen, he's the one who, out of the three, he's the one who kills the fewest people. Mm. I think it's Tuco, then Blondie, then yeah. Angel Eyes. But a lot of who they kill is, like, Angel Eyes men. Yeah. Well, it's self-defense as well, I guess. Yeah. Um, and people who go after... Because that, that guy from... <coughs> Sorry, I got a bit chilly. <laughs> oh. He got me. Wow. Um. Yeah, that guy comes back from the start, doesn't he? To that's when he I thought it was the guy in, yeah. in the restaurant who does the funny wall roll. Yeah, he comes back and he's lost an arm and talks all about it, how he's. But he makes out as though that was Tuco's fault, but he doesn't get shot in the arm. I don't think does he in the in the first scene. I don't know. Is it didn't look like it. It looked like he just kind of. Yeah, it might be a bit rough around the edges. Yeah. They might just again the the realism. I would, yeah. have liked, I would have liked a, uh, a callback to that. I mean, but they weren't... Spaghetti Westerns weren't, like, high-budget films. Were, were In general, uh, this this one was the most. I think it was something like 1.6 yeah. million. But when they first started, like... So when the first Man With No Name trilogy started, it, the Spaghetti Westerns were really, like, B-movies and low-grade movies. Yeah, yeah. And But then they did so well that eventually they did this epic prequel the final in the trilogy good the bad and the ugly yeah but 
They I'm still surpri- want to keep the same feel and the same tone as the previous two movies. So I guess they I'm always mind. surprised they never, or maybe they did at the time, but not that I've seen in posters, never sold it as the prequel to the dollars and fistful of dollars to the other two in the trilogy. Yeah. Well, did they ever like explicitly say this is a trilogy? I know nowadays it's referred to as the dollars trilogy, but maybe or the man with no name trilogy. But there's nothing like apart from. I think it's dollars, the dollars trilogy. But also the man with. <laughs> is, yeah, I know they're calling that, but it's called both. It's called both. <laughs> it's acceptable. Call it both. But but the man with no name trilogy is because apart from his clothing, which is the same that. You don't necessarily have to assume that Clint Eastwood is always playing the same character. There's nothing nah, like yeah. internal to the story apart from the clothing. But it, it's the po- I mean the poncho is pretty. Yeah, yeah, it's the same. So it is the same character. It's the same acting, but it might be the same character in kind of different cinematic universes. It's not. If that makes so sense. It makes sense. So you're saying this could be. Uh, one iteration of a spaghetti western universe. Yeah, I'm not like trying to get into a multiverse type thing. Well, I'm trying to find a way of expressing the the fact that it doesn't. They, they don't have to be viewed. It's not like a series. It's it's is that. I know what you mean. They don't. They don't have to be different chronologically. chronologically. Yeah. 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 And the only thing that indicates that this is the prequel is that he gets his poncho yeah. in this one. And in fact, it even messes up because isn't the guy who plays Angel Eyes in A Few Dollars More as a completely different character? Like A Few Dollars More, I think he's he's the good... Yeah, Lee Van Cleef a bounty hunter in one of the other ones. He's one of the good guys. I don't know why that, that penny Clint Eastwood helps like, avenge his daughter. But they liked him so much that they brought him back for this movie. So it was it was a bit loose. Yeah. I remember when I when I first watched them through, and a good bad and the ugly side, and Angel Eyes turns up, uh, and, and you're like, "What and is he, this shit?" Yeah, he was a really good guy in the in the because in the second one he, he is the good guy. Like he Clint Eastwood kind of helps, it, and he's a really like sweet father, and then and then he's just murdering most of people. This guy and his entire family. It's like what? Well, what is going on? And then I think that's the worry that they had for this. I would assume. If they've got this household, this household Lee Van Cleef good guy, suddenly making him bad, mm. especially but. when they'd made him so good in the previous, <laughs> yeah. you just turn it around. See you soon, idiots. Hmm? It's for you. Would you say that the duster for the poncho swap that Blondie does is a smart move or not? Um, I think aesthetically, so here's what I think, right? You're a big fan of ponchos. This is why I ask. I do like, I like a poncho, but I also like a good duster. It's a pretty Uh, sweet duster. I think at the start of a good bad and ugly, Clint Eastwood in his bigger rimmed hat, I kind of almost, and the... Just cuts quite a figure and looks aesthetically better. Um, and then they had to... I think once he lost the hat, it wasn't quite as good. So, but like he, just, he could have got just a hat like that again. 
kept the duster and said he gives it to this. The the one thing that's cool about the poncho, which obviously they had to have him take back, so well they wanted him to like end it, but like he, essentially what I think happened is they wanted to try another cool look, and they actually found a look that, if people were being honest, is a bit cooler, but also than they'd already not, previously done. Not as classic. Yeah. So and then they they had to still tie the character in with that look, or people would have been pissed off. Yeah. Um, but I do think the duster and the big. I mean, dusters are just good at making that that particular duster for for the kind of stuff that he walks around doing in the film is ideal really yeah. function wise unbeatable you've got and the you've got, got the, the pocket yeah exactly and stuff, like, and but fashion wise away. personally I, I prefer a poncho i mean the one i say you could do with the poncho is when he like throws it over his shoulder to reveal his gun he does that kind of move yeah you know and he kind of says i'm getting ready to shoot you now and it's like that's got a that's that's good for his character. Except whereas with the duster, he just keeps it hidden until he. Pops well, with the duster, there's an element of deception to it, almost like a sneaky little hit draw. Whereas with the poncho, it's a good, honest, open draw. But yeah. Is that supposed to be a point of Anne's character development? I don't know. I don't actually, know. The, I don't think there's. Really I was just, I was just thinking it through in my head right then, uh, and I don't think so. What's What's your favourite scene? There's a uh, lot of because it's a three-hour movie. There's a lot of scenes. There's a, there's a couple. That. There's a couple. There's even a scene with food. Um, yeah, but no potato. ice cream. Potato. Could have made a potato ice cream. Tuco's always eating. Oh yeah, he's eating right at the start. He's eating that meat, that massive uh, joint of meat. Yeah, and then he jumps out. Angel Eyes gives him some food before he uh, yeah. beats the puke out of him. The the best, my favorite bits. There's two, and I, uh, I'm always in a quandary as which is better. The one is when Tuco is running around the graveyard trying to find the the grave because the camera work in that is yeah, fantastic, yeah. and it. With the with the out of focus, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you agree. With the out of focus background and stuff, the, the the dizzying effect is great. Uh, the other one is more for comedic value, but it's when Tuco and Blondie are going to go to cross over the bridge, and again, I suppose it's that intimate camera work putting you in their position. But all it is between them and a huge Union encampment is a short pan of a camera. And there's just a tree. Because <laughs> <laughs> Tigo's like, ah, oh, Tigo will find no one. Yeah. And he gets like. So that. that, that what was it? It'd probably say, maybe you should wait until nightfall. And he's like, ah, oh, no, I can get. I've just started his bridge. <laughs> and he just let off. <laughs> and he's like, his head just sinks like straight away. <laughs> that, and very shortly after that, actually, um, there's another part that makes me laugh, but it's not supposed to. But when the, when the cannons. Firing, yeah, it seems like you know, you know, um, in um parody films, um, when right. something's yes. just overplayed way too much, I don't know how many cannon shots are, but it feels like it yeah. goes on for longer than it needs to, yeah. I think they, they have two or three too many cannons, yeah, and they're all seem to be going off at different angles as well. It's not like you have, oh, these are them firing these guns from this side, those guns from that side, it just seems like just. Cannons. Just indiscriminatory cannon fire. Yeah, just cannons, 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 <laughs> cannons, cannons. Um, 
Yeah, how do you feel about the the stuff? Uh, I mean, there's the, one in the prisoner of war camp. There's, uh, I mean, I suppose one that's supposed to be like quite a is it a comedic moment, but when the the guys are all dusty, so they think they're Confederate, and then they turn out to be Union. Slapping. I, I've always classic. seen it pretty funny because the, the the guy who they see who dusts off his jacket is a pretty straight straight guy. Yeah, he looks like a really thin. I don't know if you could picture him, but really thin alabaster, straight backed. Yeah, Colonel Sanders. Yeah, he does. He does. Look, I, he looks exactly like you expect <laughs> a Confederate general. Yeah, that. Yeah, look, that's a good point actually. Yeah, so. so I think I think Can it was supposed really to be pretty blame funny. Them? Probably not. Well, I mean, who gets that dusty anyway? But it's a good little bit. I've never ridden in in the Wild West, so I, I, I couldn't say. I've, I've, I've been to Texas and shot some guns. Blew up a toilet. Blew up a toilet? Yeah. Why? Because they, they had this stuff you could shake up, and when you shot it, it blew up. And then my mate, uh, Texan friend, it drove me down to the, the rubbish tip. In, uh, in this ranch, and said, "All right, shoot, let's let's go down and see what we can blow up." And we pulled up, and there was just this porcelain toilet in the middle of the dump. And he was like, "All right, grab that toilet." <laughs> that I can't and was it as uh, was it as good, was it as good as you were expecting? Oh, blowing up the toilet. Yeah. No. Well, like the thing was like all his all the Texan friends who were all well, let's just say they 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 fit what you'd expect Texans to be like. To an extent, but um, it took me a few shots to get to the toilet, and they were just going, Woo! That wasn't a very good shot. And they were going, Woo! We could, like, and then they started going, like, Oh, we could take out England so easily. Let's go to war with England. And I was like, What are you talking about? You're basing about? it on one pretty poorly coordinated guy. Yeah. And the fact that they go there is, 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 they were nice guys. Well, they were. Yeah, they they were friendly enough. Uh, they were fine. <laughs> they were fine guys. <laughs> but yeah, they were fine. But uh, yeah, they they had some funny ideas. And was um, it was blown up the toilet as good as blown up the bridge? In the movie, yeah. you, you try and connect it back to the that movie. bridge. Well, had to be blown up twice. Uh, they rigged it up with explosives and what have you. And then there was a signal word, something in Italian. I don't know what it was. And some sound technician shouted it to one of his colleagues. Whoever's on the detonator thought that he was giving the signal to blow the bridge. Blew it up, no cameras rolling, nothing. So they had to rebuild the whole thing and shoot it again. So would not want to we, be that guy. We didn't rebuild the toilet. But at once, and that was job done. Old Clint nearly died in that scene. You can see it in the final cut, some stray bit of brick nearly smashed his face in. Eli Wallet nearly died three times. Three? Three. So I know about one. We we pointed one out. Yeah, which didn't seem that close. Which was uh, the the railroad. Yeah. Railroad. The railroad one. He seriously laid him down back close to the train track. That's... Because he, yeah. he wanted the audience to see Wallet actually doing it. Yeah. And the thing is, he didn't even need to do... Like, if we're talking about practical logistics, right? He So he was chained to the, the other fat guy. Like, he didn't need to do... Like, there were rocks all around. All he needed to do well, was... Well, it kills sit. him with a rock. Yeah, so why didn't he just, like, break 
his hand and mangle up his hand so he could slip it out of it. Once he's dead, it's not going to be hard to like smash up a guy's hand and you slip it out, right? Well, there are people the, the guy can... was pretty big. Do you not think that it would have been difficult to slip the handcuff over the meat of the hand? Can you, ma- you just mangle up the hand? Like, there are people who can get out of handcuffs by like dislocating a few knuckles, a few fingers, right? Yeah. And yeah, sure, usually there the, might be women with more slender hands and he was quite a heifer. But got to be easier ways than risking your life in it. Well, it, it, it must have been an effort to drag him back up the hill. Exactly. So just put that effort the into, but the thing is, again, not a cinematic, like, Sergio Leone's got like the train coming and the tension of that, and also a bit of like, oh, that's what he's decided to do because he couldn't find the keys. Whereas my suggestion, you're just watching a guy <laughs> mangle a hand up. Yeah, it's a bit irreversible, isn't it? Yeah, it would have, well, it would still be an 18 rating to this day. Had I been in charge, <laughs> had I been making the decision? Uh, well, the, the other two, the other two was um, when Tuco's stood on the horse with the rope on his neck. Oh yeah. The, the one, the one time before the start, basically they rigged the rope with a small explosive, and Eastwood was supposed to fire the rifle. Then they were going to detonate the explosive on the rope. Mm-hmm. But when Eastwood fired the rifle, the horse got spooked, and ran it, it ran off. So. He nearly strangled. Did they not? So they actually put a a genuine noose around his neck and sat him on a horse. (sighs) Health and safety in there. Yeah, I I can't imagine him being checked and balanced. If you had someone do like a hanging scene, you'd surely have him in a harness. So even if they did end up hanging there, they'd be like... Yeah, I know what you mean, under the shirt with the, the back, yeah. So they literally put him in a situation... Where he could be hung if anything went wrong. If I've read it right, yeah, I think that's, that's, I think that's the case. Okay. And there's a, I mean, like, the, well, the sense. other odd thing is that it, they actually got Eli Wallop to do it and not a, yeah, not I mean, a, yeah, not yeah, a stunt yeah. guy. I mean, yeah. It was like, again, they weren't that, but they weren't all that, they weren't that big before this film, right, were they? Apart from maybe, um, what's his name he plays? Bad. Like, how big an actor was Eli Wallach? Um, these this, are the kind of films that made Clint Eastwood, right? Eastwood was already big, I think, because they spent a lot of the film's budget getting him on board to do it. Back on board, or like back on board, yeah, film. yeah, back on board. Um, Lee Van Cleef's obviously big yeah. at the time. Eli Wallach, not so much, but I, so he was yeah. in um, he was in Magnificent Seven. Yeah, right. He was a bandito in that as well. So I would imagine that's why they put him in this if they liked him in that one. Because I, I think that's why I think that's why they got him. Yeah. But he's the least well known of the three, which probably explains why um, Sergio Leone was so. Uh, so what was the third time? The third time was uh, the in the cemetery at the end when they split open the bag of gold. Uh, there was acid. On one of the bags of gold, uh, I guess. I, well, I guess. <laughs> I guess this split again. Health and safety pretty lacking. They're in Spain. It sounds like Sergio was actively trying to harm you. Like what? It sounds like Leone and his mates were having a grand old muck about. But they had a they had a bottle of acid that was in a just a pop bottle. Because in the la- in the final bit with the bag of gold when it splits, they put acid on the bag to make sure that it 
split and Wallop picked it up thinking it were a drink of pop uh, and swigged a bit but I oh right he drank it or he almost drank it but I presume he figured it out before he downed it Obviously, it's been like a hugely influential film, well, at least on Quentin Tarantino. I don't know if you're going to do any Quentin Tarantino. Hopefully. Has anyone requested? Not anyone that I've asked yet, but... What ice cream would you do for Pulp Fiction? An orange? We've been through this time and time and time and time again. I'm not doing (laughs) an orange... Ice cream. For something else, maybe, but not Pulp Fiction. As I've stated numerous times, it's going to be a $5 shake. So if anybody listening wants to talk about Pulp Fiction and likes the sound of a $5 shake ice cream, then hit me up. I'll be happy to... Ask yourself why he hasn't taken advantage of the fact that it's called Pulp with like a nice mandarin or tangerine flavour. I don't want to become too formulaic. I did the naming thing here to satisfy you. Did you? Yeah, good, bad, ugly. Chocolate, good. Chili, bad. (laughs) Lime, ugly. Strenuous. (laughs) Straining there. I'm glad you chose it. I reckon I'd go so far as to say that it's my favourite Western. More than Tombstone? (laughs) (laughs) I really like Tombstone. We know we like Tombstone. I think the majority of Leeds Festival 2007 knows how much you like Tombstone. Also, this is one of those that, because obviously a lot of Westerns were inspired by the old uh, Rohin Samurai films. And who, who's the guy who did all? Kurosawa. Kurosawa, yeah. yeah. So this isn't, so Fistful of Dollars was, Magnificent Seven was, but I don't, this one is like, is just a spaghetti Western original concept right which i think is why it's so lauded amongst the spaghettis i read somewhere that the concept of this film was just chucked together after a five minute meeting really it was something like the first two were successful in europe but they weren't released in the u.s yet or something like that so to sell the rights uh, leone and the writer invited some execs over to a screening of the of one of the first two just to show them the buzz. And then once it had finished, the the suits were saying, Oh well I hope there's a hope there's another one coming. So I think the writer just there and then met, dropped it on the spot. Oh, good ugly bad. It's about these three guys who go looking for this gold during the Civil War. Or whatever. Fair enough. <laughs> and that was so the Civil War setting wasn't trying to say anything. It was just like to wrap up then, and this is something I forgot to do in the first one. So I'm going to make it a regular thing from now. I'm going to ask you to rate the film, uh, and much like the star system, in fact, it's exactly the same as the star system, but we're going to use a scoop system. So I'm going to ask you to rate the good, the bad, the ugly, out of Five scoops. Yeah. So, how many scoops out of five would you give the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly? I mean, this is a bit like the problem you've got here is you're asking people to rate films that you've also asked them to choose. So, 
they're always going to pick films they like. They're always going to be artificially high. If you wanted people to rate films, you want to be giving them a film to watch, to then discuss. It doesn't doesn't it doesn't make any sense. I, I just, reject uh, the, the rating <laughs> system that you're... Well, you're maybe suggesting. you reject it, but just because somebody wants to talk about a film doesn't necessarily mean that they rate it highly. There's there's a lot of fun to be had in talking about films that are awful. I mean, think how many conversations we've had about Nick Cage's Wicker Man. Yeah, but I'd still probably like I'd I'd give that five scoops. You would I'd give that five it, scoops. But I'd say it sarcastically for like just for for entertainment value. Like, what what parameters are, are we judging this on? Because like any film that I've like volunteered myself to talk about for an hour we've got a choice in the film it's it's going to be getting like between four and five scoops out of five right like i might not always give them five scoops because does five scoops mean perfection well it's the same as five stars (laughs) so i guess i wouldn't give any film five you would give no film five scoops if it's perfection do you think there's a perfect film there's a lot of films that there's a lot of films that i would give five five Uh, scoops a lot I'll of give, films. This being one of them. Okay. I will give... So, I'll give it... Because I... Uh, the, the, the thing, it depends the, what you mean by five scoops. Do well, you mean... Is, is five scoops a perfect film? Five scoops like, isn't... The dubbing isn't great in this film. The dubbing there is are, there god are awful in this film. <laughs> which I actually find quite charming, though. So. I remember being very, very confused the first time I watched it, because I think it might have actually been the it, first film I saw that we've it. Four point seven scoops. No, no, no. There's no, there's no right, pointage. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, like, are you telling me you always have to fill an ice cream scoop when you scoop? When we were serving out the ice cream earlier, that we ran out of it, and we could only do like two and a half scoops. You won't go to an ice cream store and ask for four point seven scoops of ice cream. No, but I'm not at an ice cream store. All right, you're not in an ice cream store, but I would still like the scoop rating system to stay faithful to the scoop scooping system like I, I don't know have you ever tried asking for half a scoop no but i've never wanted half a scoop go go big or go home mate put your big boy pants on have a full scoop of ice cream do you think every carton of uh, ice cream you buy has an exact number of scoops i think on the basis that they measure it yeah So you're saying I have to... Maybe do... not the store-bought ones, but if you're making ice cream to sell in a shop, of course you're going to quantify how many scoops you can get out of one load of ice cream. So you say I have to decide between four scoops and five scoops. Yeah. And the issue the issue is five doesn't necessarily mean perfection, but if, you, if you're scrapping five, if you're saying no film has five, you're then left with yeah, four yeah, scoops to, well, to play the... with. Yeah. Well, this is why I like the point system and the half scoops, and which you can only have a few half scoops. Just to keep this from dragging on any longer, I'll let you have half scoops. Well, in that case, Ash, after much deliberation, I'm going to give the film The Good, Bad and the Ugly by Sergio Leone 4.5 scoops. Predictable. Well, I'm going to give it five, seeing as it's 
most likely me who's going to be uploading it, I think, in the blurb, I'll give it five. Well, no, because what, what's the point of asking me if you're just going to put your own... You've got to average them, so let's do this. So, five plus 4. <laughs> 9.5. 9.5 divided by two is 4.75 scoops. Four and three quarters scoops. But as with any decent ice cream server worth their salt, we, we round up. So five scoops. We're going to leave it there. Thanks again, Stewie, for being the guinea pig. Your guest. I think for the first... Star fi- guest. For, <laughs> for the first couple... You want to it- make a good impression, you called the right guy. at you you've made it all the way to the end or you skip through have a gander at flicksandscoops.com for all my ice cream recipes and film tidbits you can also follow the flicks and scoops twitter and instagram where you can see me attempting to be witty and artistic next time on a podcast i'm talking to yoga teacher jess rose about one of my personal favorites the big lebowski good night now it's time for Ice cream. And you can get it right here. Ice, 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 ice cream.